Hello and welcome to another episode of A Dash of Science. I'm your host, Chris. On this show, we like to take a look at a little bit of everything from major science topics to everyday ideas that people talk about on the internet. And we like to approach it with a little bit of reason, a little bit of logic, and uh, just a dash of science. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. You got nothing in this world I Hey everybody, unfortunately the guest I had scheduled this week was not able to make it. She had some schedule changes and I'm headed out for Montana tomorrow for a week. So we just couldn't make that work, but that's okay. We still plan on doing the recording when I get back, so that show will still be coming. But uh, never fear, I'm not going to leave you empty-handed or, I guess, empty-eared in this case. This week we'll be talking about me, the science behind your host. Chris. Now, I know listening to me talk about myself for 30 minutes would be rather boring to listen to, and quite honestly, it would be rather boring to record. So I didn't do that. You're welcome. This week, I got my guest, Carrie, my girlfriend of all people, to come in and interview me. So we didn't write down any questions ahead of time. This isn't scripted. This is just whatever she came up with on the spot that she thought a listener might want to hear. So let's go ahead and get started. Right, hey everyone. So this week I don't have a guest because of scheduling issues and I'm actually leaving for a week to go out of state so I didn't have enough time to get somebody else. So at the suggestion at some viewers, uh, I decided to spend just a short episode telling you guys a little bit about me. But since telling you myself is kind of boring, I've actually brought somebody in to interview me for a change. So with me is my girlfriend, Gary. How you doing, Gary? I'm good, Chris. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thank you for doing this. Of course. All right. So I guess uh, we'll get started. Just ask me questions related to, I don't know, whatever. It's up to you. Go ahead. All right. Well, I guess the burning questions are the ones we must ask. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> for starters, um, how did you get into podcasting? Uh, so... The first time I got into podcasting was probably, it's got to be about maybe six years ago now. Uh, I had a friend, still have a friend, uh, lots of friends actually, but uh, this one lived in the UK and I met him online and he was doing a podcast with a friend of his. It was called uh, Two Guys and the Queen, I believe is what it was called. They're both from the UK uh, and they had kind of a falling out, but he didn't want to stop the podcast. So he asked me to come in, and we did one episode as Two Guys and the Queen. Uh, it worked out great. Our dynamics worked out great, but uh, it didn't make sense to have that title anymore. And his old co-host was getting kind of pissy about the name and threatening to sue. Though I don't know what he's going to sue over the royalties and all that stuff. It was just a podcast they started essentially online one day. But uh, since we already had the domain and the email and all that stuff from TGATQ, uh, we decided to try and come up with something with those letters, which was quite a hard task. We'd spent quite a while trying to come up with something. Uh, and I believe actually we asked you, and it took you about three seconds to come up with uh, <laughs> Truly Geeky and Totally Quantifiable, uh, which was an awesome name. It stuck, and we ran that for almost two years Uh it was pretty successful and it was still growing and then we had some technical issues that caused us to lose our web hosting and all of our archived episodes 
and everything and it was such a pain in the butt to get that done and then on top of that at that time I had just graduated and was moving to take on a real career and he had also just gotten a real job and so trying to figure out a schedule between the two of us uh, being you know I think it was nine hours apart where we could both record an hour every single week was just too much and we decided we'd take the the technical difficulties as a sign and we stopped recording uh, so that's what got me into it. I tried doing another one on my own with somebody else about film because it was more his interest than mine. That one was called Real Gurus, uh, R-E-E-L, because we're hilarious. Uh, that only lasted probably about five or six episodes. It just didn't take. Uh, I wasn't that interested in it, and we didn't quite get the viewership, and that was back about 2012, 13 I don't know, sometime around in there, before podcasts had really gotten big and as broad as they are and had gotten the, the listenership that they have now. So uh, I guess the long answer of how I got into podcasting. All right, so you mentioned graduating. Could you tell us more about your educational background? Uh, yeah, so I have what I like to refer to people as my baker's dozen degree. So I originally started school at the University of Idaho in 2000, going for electrical engineering. And being uh, young and and you know freshly out of my parents' house, I didn't make the best decisions, wasn't doing well. Uh, so that was about the time that 9-11 happened and I ended up dropping out and joining the military, went into the army for five years. And when I got back from that, I tried to go back into electrical engineering and I found that I wanted to know more than what engineering had to offer. Engineering is a great field, uh, but I felt like I was working with a lot of formulas that I didn't necessarily know the background from. So I switched from electrical engineering to physics which was a very different ball game. Uh, I got all the detailed stuff that I wanted to know, but I lost the hands-on stuff that I had with engineering. So I talked with my advisor and uh, one of the other professors in the physics department was developing a new degree program within physics called uh, Applied Physics, which essentially took all the base classes from physics, but instead of you know taking physics-based electives, I could pick my electives from any of the engineering courses and so that's what I did, and I ended up graduating in 2013 after 13 on and off, full-time, part-time, two degree switches later, uh, finished my degree. Oh, sounds... <laughs> yes, it did. And uh, to make that even better, about a year after that, I uh, applied for my master's program, which was uh, space studies at the University of North Dakota uh, with an emphasis in space engineering. And I finished all of my coursework. All I have left to do is finish up my research paper. Uh, which I'm doing on sustainable human presence in space. So any day now, any semester now, I'll finish with my master's degree also. So you're not going to shoot for a Baker Dozen master's? No, no, not a Baker's Dozen master's. I, oh, God, that would that'd be horrible. Cut it in half and make it a sixer. <laughs> if I could get two master's degrees, uh, six years apiece, maybe, but uh, probably not. Do you have any interest in becoming a doctor? Uh, I've thought about this off and on. Uh, originally, I kind of had a joke that I wanted to get two PhDs so that people would have to refer to me as double Dr. Birkenbein. But uh, the more I go through, I love school. That's not the problem, but I don't know what that would do for me. So I'm kind of on the line now. I would like to go get my PhD. I'm looking at uh, potentially systems engineering or uh, aeronautical science or maybe back into into physics. I haven't quite decided. I just really need to figure out where I want to go with my career because getting a PhD uh, can close doors depending on what you want to do. Uh, and so I need to figure out do I want to do research, etc. So I'm still on the fence with that. 
I'd like to clarify that no matter what degree you get, I will never refer to you as Dr. Birkenbein. <laughs> no, no, double Dr. Birkenbein. I, will, I won't make people call me Dr. Birkenbein if I only get one PhD, but two PhDs is definitely deserving of a double Dr. Birkenbein. <laughs> All right, so um, I guess the next question would be, what, do, what made you decide to do this podcast? This podcast? Well, I really enjoyed the comedy podcast. I had a lot of fun doing that. Uh... I didn't enjoy the film one so much, but I did enjoy the act of podcasting. And really, the only reason why I didn't get back into it so uh, quickly is because of schooling and you know getting a new job and all that. So my issue is mostly seeing people around the community on the internet who don't have a good understanding of a lot of I don't want to say the simple science because I don't mean to say that people are dumb for not understanding it, but for the basics of certain scientific fields that they either just don't know or they have a misunderstanding. You know how people are. There's a lot of myths that people th uh, things that people think are true that just aren't. So I wanted to address that, but I also one I didn't want to be just talking at people by myself. And also, like, I have background in science and specifically in physics and some other background, but I didn't want me just researching stuff on the Internet and telling people because the probability of something being incorrect that way is much higher. So I wanted to try and find people who had, you know, degrees and or experience, preferably experience in the fields that we talk about uh, so that I could get somebody else who has actually spent quite a bit of time in these fields and could break those things down into a level for everybody to understand and appreciate, you know, because one of the issues with misunderstanding things is I don't know necessarily all of the stuff that people have misconceptions about, say in the field of genetics where Cassandra was on last week talking to us about. So on top of her being able to explain it, I could also get an idea from her, like what are questions that people ask her a lot? What are things that she sees online that people get wrong a lot, you know? And I found that that's really made a lot better show, I think so far. It sounds like it would make a great show. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So uh, what would you really like people to get out of this podcast? I think, you know, on top of the science that we do, and not everything is hard science, like we did an episode on the First Amendment for those here in the United States, uh, who that applies to, but uh, there's kind of lots of things. There's an underlying issue that, you know, everybody that I talk to, they have different religious and political viewpoints, uh, and we don't really go into that a lot because I want to stress the value that people have you know, beyond religion and beyond politics, because it's so, it's so polarized right now. And, and people are losing friends and family members over this. And I think that we need to sit down and realize that there's more to people than these ideas that are coming to surface right now. These, these things that people are discussing are important, but we shouldn't be blocking people off because we can't come to an agreement on certain stuff. So that's kind of one side. The other side is that if you can take from this podcast, just to second guess some of the things that you've thought you've always known stuff that your parents told you or your friends told you or that you just heard somewhere or that you think you know but you can't remember where you heard it from just stop for a moment and verify that find somebody who actually knows that has experience you know do proper research online if it helps you become a more knowledgeable person and pass on true information instead of repeatedly passing on these mis misconceptions that we talk about uh, I think that'd make me happy. So, sounds good. Mm -hmm.
I don't care about the state of art Everything I cared about is falling apart Don't wanna hear about the new design I don't mind if I get left behind Hey, you're listening to my interview, by which I mean an interview of me, as opposed to me interviewing somebody else, as we normally do. Uh, so yeah, if you're enjoying this show, if you've enjoyed previous shows, and you'd like to enjoy more shows, you can support us at patreon.com slash dash of science. Got several tiers there available to get you what you want, and if you'd like to see something else on there, go ahead and let me know. Uh, we're about to talk about ways you can contact me, uh, some of the other interests that I have outside of the podcast, and uh, any other question that Carrie could come up with while I had her in here. So let's get back to it. Oh, I was going to ask. So is there a way that people can get a hold of you if they want to maybe give you ideas for your show or if they have questions that they can't answer for their children? Or maybe they heard a piece of information that they don't think is true that they'd like help verifying. Is there a way for people to do that? Uh, absolutely. We've got a couple of different things. So first we have our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash dash of science. There is no A in it. Uh, so I try and communicate people on there and get people interested to not only give us or give me, I should say, ideas on topics to do in the future, but also feedback on past episodes, follow up questions or, you know, I, I just try and post some random stuff that we don't talk about on the podcast on there. So that's one way. The other way is we also run a Discord chat that you can come in and talk with me and some of the guest hosts uh, are in there. Uh, on top of just being able to come in there at any time, when we do our live recordings, we try and advertise that. Uh, and so you can come into Discord and talk to us there. You can watch us live on twitch.tv slash physicistchris. So we live stream there. Uh, and then on Twitter at, at physicistchris. So we've got plenty of places for people to contact us. And I encourage them to. We're, we're doing an episode on how to answer scientific questions for your children. And I'm trying to get, you know, people to come to me with questions that they've received from their kids outside of pregnancy and sex questions. I, you know, that's not something you can't answer. It's something that is uncomfortable to answer. And I can't help you with that. So you're on your own on that one. But things like why is, why is the sky blue, you know, or why does it rain? Stuff that you might even know the answer to, but have a hard time explaining it to children, you know. So we're looking for those questions right now. Uh, so yeah, I think that answers your question. So <laughs> I think that's going to be really helpful. Uh, there's a lot of questions that children ask, even though you know the answer that sometimes putting it into child language just right, doesn't right. work. All right. So I'm curious, how long have you been interested in science? Like maybe what was like the, the kernel that started the science for Chris? You know, like so many kids, I have to say it was NASA. You know, I can't even remember when I became infatuated with the idea of working for NASA. Uh, I know I've wanted to for sure since I was at least eight years old. Uh, and everything that I've done in my life has been a driving factor to somehow get into a position where I'm working for NASA and then hopefully maybe even make it through astronaut selection, which I've applied once, didn't make it. So, uh, you know, but you know, most people that, have, that were astronauts didn't get selected the first time either. So I'm not letting that hold me back. But yeah, since I was eight years old, uh, it was always kind of a mix between science and technology. 
Uh, I grew up in a household that was very into technology and computers. I had a Commodore 64, you know, since I was four years old. I was born in 1982, so, you know, that's, what, 1986. Uh, shortly after that, I was doing, running it by myself, doing minor, you know, little programs on there, teaching teenagers how to run games on it. So, I mean, it's always been a part of my life where I'm learning how to do things. And I think I've just always had a natural curiosity about how everything around me works. And it's something that I've not understood about other people is how they cannot have a desire to know how the things they're, they're using and the things around them, how they actually work and function. So you have to say, I remember when you got your acceptance to NASA and how freaking excited you were. <laughs> yeah, you found that out about eight hours after everybody else did because that was the one day that you had forgotten your phone at home. What I wasn't going to tell anybody. I tried to call you and I didn't get an answer. I waited for about yeah. an hour. I said, you know what? I can't hold this in. And I told pretty much everybody. You were the last one to find out. That's okay. I was the first one to get you a NASA congratulatory cake and a NASA cactus. Yes, that is true. And I still have that NASA cactus, too. It's grown, it's grown quite a bit down here in California, so uh, I like it. I appreciate it. <laughs> so talking about NASA, maybe you could take time to explain to our listeners, not our listeners, what <laughs> uh, exactly it is you do at NASA. And maybe you have a lot of friends there, too, maybe what some of your friends do. Sure. So this is kind of a funny story because... I think that it was probably a good six months into my employment at NASA before I really had an understanding of what I did at NASA. <laughs> so uh, the job application that I applied for uh, was kind of a broad scoping uh, opening that applied to lots of different openings. Essentially what it did is it threw my resume at any opening that came up in the next six months at NASA in this geographical area. So I was getting rejection letters uh, for months for positions that I had no business applying for, which of course I didn't directly. But you know, after getting your 100th rejection letter, it's kind of weird because, you know, it's a rejection letter, so it affects you. But you're also well aware that you have no qualifications to be a branch chief. <laughs> so, but, uh, so when I finally did get a call for an interview, they asked me if I was interested in doing an interview. And I was said, yes, of course, I'd like to. Uh, but I need a job description because I have no idea what job you're wanting to interview me for. So they sent me a job description. I read through it, and it was so generalized. It still didn't really help. Uh, and I, so I was so nervous. I thought I bombed the interview, but I didn't. They offered me a job. I got here, spent the first couple of months reading a lot of materials in general, stuff about telemetry, just kind of in general. Still didn't have an idea of what I did because they basically just kept me reading things. Uh, my branch chief at that time was working on a project that required he be out of the area for about three months. So, But once I finally understood what I was doing, doing it's this, which I will okay. tell you now. So... My technical description, as far as pay rate goes, is a computer engineer. Uh, my job title is a range systems engineer. So a systems engineer is essentially somebody who takes small parts of a system and designs a way for them to interface together, make sure they properly interface together, uh, you know, test them out, install them, support them, that kind of stuff. And that's kind of a general systems engineering across any field. So what I do as a range systems engineering is essentially any hardware that has to do with sending telemetry, with which is information over airwaves or over electronically, essentially, 
um so not just airwaves also you know through hardware but uh so radar video uh voice uh you know stuff like that test information from test planes from the time that it leaves the test vehicle all the way to the point where it gets into the control room any hardware in that line is what i deal with so uh like as an example right now i'm working with people to uh figure out the requirements for a brand new video router for our long range optics area to help route essentially all of the video that comes through which is a major project project because we're talking like you know 183 inputs and 183 outputs you know or something like that like it's a big matrix of stuff and we're talking like a million dollar project here so range infrastructure uh, other such things I've done is we had issues with a radar system where uh, basically parts of it were overheating because we're out here in California we have you know really cold nights and really hot summers so essentially I had to figure out a way to design a way to cool off the components for this system without adding a lot of weight because it's important that radar systems on their axes are balanced so that they turn proper. So that's kind of a couple examples of stuff that I do. What I got from this is that you come on to women by asking if you can interface. That That's it. That's exactly, I mean, it worked for you, right? It did. Totally. I'm here, aren't I? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't working at NASA when I met you, but you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so as far as what other people do at my center, I work at Armstrong. So we deal primarily with aeronautics. So, uh, I mean, I would love to get into the space side of things. And we have done some space-related stuff. I worked with Dream Chaser for a little while when they were here a few years ago. They're here again. Uh, not working with them this time, but they did their their drop tests and all that stuff, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, so I work sometimes with Econa, which is a UAV uh, that they fly for doing weather stuff and, and whatnot. Uh, mostly what I do is projects for range infrastructure, but the the center as a whole, anything that's aeronautics related uh, when it's test flight stuff, not design, but test flight, uh, we deal with that. So right now, one of our big projects is dealing with making sonic booms quieter so hopefully we can get supersonic uh, travel to be a normal regular occurring thing in commercial airliners without you know blowing people's windows out all across the United States so that's kind of what our center does I'm really glad that we live right in that <laughs> flyover make the sonic boom territory yeah. when we were there was a time that we were just testing data in the area uh, so all we were doing is flying at at supersonic speeds uh, and getting as many sonic booms as possible in a day. So there's like, I think like two weeks where there was like 10 to 15 a day over the course of a few hours. And nobody in the area really liked that. But, uh, you know, I, I feel bad for them. But on the other side, you know, we're part of an Air Force base here, Edwards Air Force Base, which has been here longer than the town has. So these people all chose to live here knowing what was here. So that makes me feel a little better. I think they all got suckered like I did because you were like, let's move to the desert. And then I get out here and it's dirt and sonic booms. It's a desert. It's the Mojave Desert. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I just want some cactus, Chris. Well, some you, cactus. You, we brought a cactus with us. We have one. <laughs> we do have a NASA cactus. So I guess we've talked about the start of your podcast and what you do on your podcast. So I guess a good place to go would be maybe what's the future of your podcast? 
That's a good question. Uh, I would really love to be able to keep doing as I'm doing now where I'm deciding what I want to do. I've got lots of ideas. Honestly, the, I guess the, the wall I'm hitting right now is I do have a large connection to scientists and engineers, but they're all specified or I guess centralized around specific fields. So there's a lot of fields that I would like to cover that I just don't know anybody in that field. And so I'm hoping that I can create a network with other people uh, and be able to get access maybe to some more specializations and people in these fields so I can keep going. Uh, and then, you know, get a couple of episodes canned so that when I have to, you know, leave for a week to go do something, which I do for work sometimes or take vacation, that we don't have to skip an episode. Uh, I'd like to get fans and listeners more involved. I'd like to even bring some on if they wanted to, you know, maybe have an episode dedicated to listeners where we can bring listeners into Discord and bring them in one at a time to ask their questions uh, and see if we can get people to answer them, stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I hope we're around for a long time and we can get a lot of inf information out there. All right, I don't know if this is still valid, but I know for a while you guys were looking for sponsors to podcast. Is that still going on? Yeah, um... So podcasting of late has had a lot of reoccurring sponsors. And anybody who listens to podcasts know what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, the Nature Box, the Squarespace, uh, MeUndies, Casper Match. I mean, this list, there's about probably eight, eight of them that are recurring that are just, they're pounded in every single podcast. And I'm not trying to make money per se. I have a job, but... I would like to not have to pay out of pocket for hosting and, you know, get a decent setup so where I can maybe go places and interview people on the spot, like to conferences or, you know, go to Comic-Con and see people down there, maybe do a special on science and comics or in sci-fi shows or something like that. So that stuff would be nice not paying. I mean, if I have to pay out of pocket, I do, and that's not a big deal. So it would be nice to do that. But I want to find sponsors that aren't already uh i guess oversaturated in the podcast community so i'm reaching out to individuals through uh patreon like most people are so you can if you go to patreon.com slash dash of science you can become a patron there and we have a few different tier levels uh so i'm in the process of designing some shirts so the highest tier level i believe is twenty dollars a month i want to say that gives you a free t-shirt and it also gets you any t-shirt that we design in the future for free. So that's the most expensive one. I don't really expect to get too many, if any people at that level, but even for just a dollar a month, right? Uh, we'll give you a shout out the first time you become a Patreon on, on air. We'll, uh, you know, put you on our list of supporters and there's a bunch of different tiers in between the dollar and 20 with different stuff. So you can check that out. We also take uh, donations through PayPal, which you can see on our site at dashofscience.com. Uh, if you run a small business or what I really like to do, actually, better than money and monetary support is getting the word out there. So share with your friends. If you run a podcast, uh, hit me up. I would like to listen to it. And if it jives with, with our podcast and what we're doing here, maybe we can do some promo swapping. Or we can have each other on our podcast and talk and, and get some, you know, shared listenership that way. So I'm open to all sorts of things. I don't want to just be another podcast that, you know, every 15 minutes, there's a commercial from our sponsor. So, but 
you know, I don't know. I guess that's where I stand. <laughs> what do you think about making a level or maybe a donation amount where people could maybe get some airtime? Uh, you know, that's something that we could push honestly into the $20 or maybe even the $10 a month amount. I mean, I just, I need feedback. What do people want? You know, uh, come onto our Facebook page or to discord and, and talk to me or Twitter and, and, and tell me what it is you want. And, uh, I'll see if I can make it happen. So this is another burning question that I'm sure your fans want to know the answer to. Are you <laughs> ready right. for this? This okay. is a tough one. Please share with us where you get the wonderful music that's on your podcast. <laughs> So, actually, this is another uh, rollover from the old podcast, TGATQ. Uh, my co-host there, Tim, was in charge of editing that one. Uh, and he came across a musician by the name of Brad Sucks, which I love that name. It cracks me up every time. He's out of Canada. And he had some music up on a Creative Commons site. And so we would kind of rotate through some of his songs. Uh, so, and I really liked them. So, you know, I've bought all of his CDs. And so when I went to make this, I got a hold of him to see what sort of stuff he has. So the song that we are using is actually called state of the art. Uh, and it's not released yet, or at least it wasn't when we started this podcast, he did a limited demo release to those who follow him on his email. Uh, and I really liked to ask him if we could use it. He said, yeah, sure. So that's what we use. So if you like that song or you like the style of that song, which is kind of unique, you can go to bradsucks.net. Uh, you can support him. He's got CDs, physical CDs you can buy, or you can get his music downloadable uh, from iTunes. Uh, I think he has a couple other different methods. He actually has a, an LP, uh, first time ever LP coming to be released that's got all of his uh, – I guess more popular songs on it. I'm not sure. I don't have the info offhand, but I will definitely put that on the Facebook site and on the website. So if you're interested and you like it, you can get on that. And I think, I don't know if he has any left, but the first 300 people to buy one get an autographed copy, which of course I am one of those first 300. So if I remember right, he's like a one man band, isn't he? Yep. He does it all himself. He's just by himself. Like I said, he's out of Canada. He does, uh, he does uh, little shows up there, I know, but I think it's all edited and stuff done by himself. So, well, it's really good yeah. as well. That's not very often that we find things that we agree on, so that's saying something. Yeah, earlier you said you wanted someone to argue with, and I was like, I don't know why you haven't put me on your show already, <laughs> because that's what we do. Well, to be fair, I don't want anybody to argue with. I try to not argue. Uh, I try to take the people that are on my show as a uh a content expert so to speak so i tend to bow to their knowledge and things and i encourage them to tell me that i am incorrect if i state something that is incorrect so far that has not happened i have learned several things on this show uh more than i thought i would at this short we've done five episodes four of them with guests uh, i guess this is our sixth one so uh but of those four episodes uh I think I learned at least one thing from every single one of them and lots of things, especially from the fields that I'm not as familiar with, like genetics or like uh, history. Um, and then, yeah, so, I mean, if I'm learning stuff on here and I like to go learn stuff about this, then I think that there's a lot of information here for other people to learn as well. I'm telling you, if you need someone to tell you you're wrong, <laughs> I got this in the bag. Yeah, I, I regret saying that already. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about the state of art Everything I cared about is falling apart 
Don't wanna hear about the new design I don't mind if I get left behind I've said it a bunch of times on, on this show that I think the entertainment industry has accidentally crossed over with the music industry. To the average listener, that it all comes across as music. Mm. You're listening to The Musician's Podcast with me, Matt Aldous. It's an absolute blinder of a conversation. I, I really had a lot of fun talking to Callum. But Callum is the drummer for a band called Bare Knuckle Parade. If you've had your share of science for the day, and you want to hear some music, and hear about the music industry, check out The Musician's Podcast at www.themusicianpodcast.com. Hear from musicians and other people in the music industry. Check it out now. Hey, we're here just about to finish up the interview done by Carrie of me. Uh, talk about a little bit of my side interests and other such things that I do. Uh, coming up next week, uh, hopefully I will be able to get a recording done with the guest I had planned on this week. And we can send that out next week. Otherwise, I'll find something else to get out to you guys. It's more aligned with our normal uh, podcast. But uh, hopefully you enjoyed this and uh, stay tuned for the rest of the interview. So as we were getting to know you, I think I skipped over one of the things that's really important in your life that I should have probably touched on sooner, and that is um, your love of rocketry. Um, <laughs> so if you want to talk about that. Uh, yeah. So I love rocketry. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, rocketry, I always wanted to do when I was a kid. Uh, my dad, like I said, like he was really involved with technology and engineering as long as it involved stuff that he was doing, if that makes sense. He was very open to teaching me do, how to do stuff, you know. But uh, I think we I got a rocket kit, and I think it was from, like, a grandparent on my birthday or something. And I put it together by myself, and I waited. You know, I'm not sure if we ever launched that. I feel like we went to a field and launched it one time. And I really enjoyed it. And then I just, I was never able to do it. And so, you know, I grew up, went to high school, did all that other stuff that we talked about. Uh, you know, in the military, I was a combat engineer and we did explosives. And of course, that was right up my alley. And so when I got out from there, finished school, you know, I have my son, which we haven't talked about. He's 13 years old now and going into eighth grade, uh, Alex. But uh, when he was about, what was it, six or seven, you know, I something reminded me of rocketry. So we went out and we got a little kit from the hobby store. I think we were actually at the hobby store and we saw them there. And that's what it was that reminded me. Uh, and we started building them and launching them. And uh, I said he's 13, so it's been seven years. We're still doing it. Uh, once we moved down here, I, I met my friend Kevin, who I was working with at the time. He now works with the Air Force. But So it's me, my son, him, and his son started a rocketry club called uh, Southern Current Aeronautics and Rocketry, or SCAR because I'm hilarious. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it's grown a little bit since there. It's grown a little bit slow, but we have several members. We do uh, rocketry classes. We do build sessions. We do monthly launches. 
Uh, so I'm currently certified at a level one through the National Association of Rock Tree, so I can do higher level rockets. It goes up to level three certification. So I'm studying for my test. I've already got my rocket built, which is about uh, six foot four, six foot five, I think, and four inches in diameter. Uh, so hopefully I'll be able to do that. Uh, you're winking at me. <laughs> I'm totally winking at you. Four so, inches, baby. Uh, <laughs> so uh, you made me lose my train of thought. Anyways, yeah. yeah, so I'm getting ready to launch that and get my uh, level two certification. So that's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. Uh, I think in this area where we live in a small community, people don't have a lot to do, and we're out in the desert where the the military and stuff fly things and nasa flies things because it's a good area to fly things so i i, I kind of took advantage of that and and that's what we do so that's that's one of the things i do in my spare time is yeah rocketry so um i know you have an interest in doing some forging as well i know you're trying to build your own forge in the yard did yes. you want to talk about that at all sure uh i have been very interested in blacksmithing for a number of years uh it started when I was still in the military after I had surgery doing nothing, sitting around uh, my room waiting to heal. Uh, I decided I wanted to make chain mail. So I designed a little mechanism to basically twist wire around to make my own chain. I took like 10 gauge wire, it's a pain in the butt, twisted on this, you know, uh, one inch all thread. And then I had to use uh, a pair of uh, wire clippers or hand dykes to manually cut these. It was so hard on my wrists, but I got it out. Uh, I figured out a pattern and I successfully made about a eight inch by four inch strip of chain mill. It took me almost an entire month. It killed my hands. Uh, I was satisfied that I learned how to do it and I never want to do it again. So from there, I started looking at other things with hot work. Uh, and so I wanted to do that here. Uh, I started watching that show Forged in Fire. I want to state that my interest in blacksmithing started before that show, but that did not do anything except for increase my desire to do so. So I took some uh, blacksmithing class here in L.A. from a place called Adams Forge. If you live in the L.A. area, uh, look them up. They are a great, great resource. All sorts of classes and stuff for different types of blacksmithing and metalworking. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. It made a little barn hook, and so now I'm in the process of designing and building my own propane forge out of an old uh, 1980s propane tank. So hopefully I'll get that done here soon. I can start pounding on some metal and making some awesome things. Did you say that you built a tool to help you make chain, ma chain mail? Yes, yes, I did. Only you could nerd up chain mail. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I've got nothing to say to that. <laughs> So we've been talking about, well, we were talking about you, but we've been talking about <laughs> podcasts as well. So I was curious if there's any other good podcasts out there that you would like to promote to fans. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I kind of jump the range between larger, you know, more corporate backing podcasts and the smaller independent ones. So I'll try and give some examples of both. Uh, so... Probably there's uh, the Complete Guide to Everything is a comedy podcast I listen to quite a bit. Uh, they do really well for themselves. They don't need me advertising for them. But, you know, if you're looking for just kind of two guys chatting and talking, you can check them out. Uh, I really like, uh, for the big ones, I like Star Talk. I like TED Talks. I like uh, um, Ted has a, has a spinoff called Sincerely X. 
I'm not a big fan of how much advertisements they have, but the series itself is good. It's people that are anonymous talking about serious issues. Their first episode was about a doctor who accidentally killed somebody and it was talking about her relating and dealing with that and lessons she's learned from that. Uh, so just kind of that kind of stuff. There's no general theme other than it's just people anonymously talking. So that's a pretty good one. Sounds intense. It is very intense. Uh, a new one that's come out that I really like. There's only been one episode. It is called Conversations with People Who Hate Me. Uh, and that is essentially a person that's a little more liberal, makes a lot of videos. Uh, I can't remember his name, uh, but uh, gets a lot of horrible messages, unfortunately. And so he tries to get them to come on his show and talk to him on the podcast. And he's not trying to belittle them or prove them wrong. He's not even trying to find common ground. It's just more about a conversation to if they can make a constructive conversation and kind of remind people that there's humans on the other side of the keyboards, which I think is an important message. So yeah, there's, there's that. Um, let's see. There's a couple of podcasts that I have not listened to yet that I'm trying to check out when I get a chance. Um, and of course, because I haven't listened to them yet, I can't remember the names of them. <laughs> Very good. Um, so there's another. Uh, I can't remember the name that I was talking. There's there's another podcast that's new. They've only got a couple of episodes out. Uh, it's a kid out of the UK. I don't know if he's a kid. He's probably younger than me, but graduated uh, in physics, and he's he talks about. Uh, physics stuff but bringing it down to kind of a basic level he talks about the idea of of you know one equation for to describe all of everything essentially is one of his episodes uh and i wish that i could remember what it was called and i'll put that in the show notes so i remember what that is uh there's another one that is called order of opinion that's pretty interesting uh it's not safe for work they've got you know they they swear and they make some dirty jokes sometimes but essentially they go through some of the more popular uh movie series like planet of the apes and transformers and they just kind of talk about it so if you like film stuff uh, uh and movies that's not you know independent film uh that's a good one to check out too but um let me see uh a science enthusiast is another one that i listen to I don't always agree with them, but I think that their hearts are in the right place for where they're trying to go. Uh, they are essentially atheists who appreciate science uh, is kind of their shtick. They're not an actual science podcast, but they're uh, big on skepticism, which I like to see more of. Skepticism is a thing that people need. So, But I think that pretty much covers most of the things I listen to. So you're saying that one guy is trying to find one formula to rule them all? Yes, one formula to rule them all. <laughs> Man, I really wish that I could figure out what that name was. I, Physical Attraction. That's the name of the podcast. You can find that in all the podcasting places. Uh, or you can go to physicalattraction.libsyn.com. Uh, so you can check that out there. So that's... Uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, it, it's still really new, so give it a chance. I've only listened to one episode, but I like the content, so you know I'll, I'll throw him a shout out too. But yeah, that's pretty much all I listen to. You have archive uh, episodes of this show. Of this show, absolutely. If you go on uh, dashofscience.com, you can check all of my posts. I post other things. I do stuff with Rocketry. I post updates on my blacksmithing stuff. Uh, I do some kind of one-off comedy 
skits on the side, one of them called Ion Ion Rosemond, which is kind of a, a news spoof of our local community Facebook page here, which is absolutely ridiculous. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so you can check out other stuff there. But on top of that, I also have all of the episodes that I've up that I've uploaded for uh, Dash Science on there, too. So. so do you feel like an old man in a young man's game? Uh, yes and no. Not in that way. Age-wise, there are a lot of people uh, all across the age spectrum that are podcasting. Uh, much older than me to my age and younger. So not so much an actual physical age, but I feel like I lost momentum by leaving the podcasting area for so long before I came back to do this and just podcasts between, you know, like when I started doing the TJTQ one podcasting wasn't unknown. You know what I mean? Like I said, it was like 2012, I think that we started. So people were podcasting, but like, the difference between then and now is just insane. Everybody's got a podcast. In fact, there's even a podcast called Everyone's Got a Podcast. So I haven't <laughs> listened to that. I don't know if it's any good. I just saw it the other day, but uh, I thought that was pretty funny. So uh, in that case, yeah, I kind of feel like I'm a little behind the game, I guess, maybe in experience and in content. So I would really like you to count how many times we've said podcast in this podcast and put a total at the end <laughs> of your show. I will... I will I will take a account of how many times I've said podcast in this podcast. I don't think you're gonna do it. I think I'm you're gonna, gonna forget. I'm I'm going to in this podcast. <laughs> podcast, podcast, podcast. Stop it. <laughs> um well I think that that's probably a good amount of time. Uh we're probably sitting around thirty minutes after editing, I think. Unless you have any more questions, which I am more than happy to answer. I think you've talked enough, sir. Yeah, I, I have talked enough. And I'm really happy that you were here to ask me these questions because it makes it so much easier to have a conversation with somebody, especially since, you know, we didn't pre-write these questions. We I didn't, you know, uh, coach you on what to say ahead of time. This was, you know, kind of natural. And I think it comes through and it's a much better listen than if I were just like, and then in 1982, Christopher R. Birkenbein was born to the world. And that's just not very interesting to hear. Tell you what, if you had to give me questions, I would have listened to you. <laughs> that is true, which is probably part of the reason why it's good that I had you here to do it. So there you go. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us uh, today. And uh, thank you, Carrie, for sitting here and interviewing me on my show and giving people not only a little bit of uh, insight into who I am, but also filling up a, a show slot while we're gone in Montana. So I appreciate that. So you're happy that I'm here to fill a slot. Yep. I, I set that up for you. You're welcome. <laughs> I don't care about the state of art Everything I care about is falling apart Don't want to hear about the new design I don't mind if I get left behind So that's our show this week. I hope you had fun. I uh, learned a little bit about me. Uh, again, sorry we couldn't get that guest out to you. And sorry for some of the little audio issues. This is the first time that I've ever done uh, recording with two separate mics in the same room. Most of my recording is remotely with other people uh, through the internet. So kind of picked up uh, my voice on both mics there a couple of times. I do have plans to get a better setup, another mic. I've got a system that can do separate channels. I just didn't have... 
another XLR microphone to plug into it this time at the last minute. So hopefully we'll never have that issue again. Uh, also, again, thank you to my girlfriend, Carrie, who will probably not listen to this. So I feel okay to tell you that, unfortunately, after eight years, she does know me very well. And I absolutely did not count the number of times that we said podcast in this podcast. Shh don't tell her. Anyways, that's it for this week. I hope to catch you guys again next week where we should be talking about cognitive biases. Uh, and yeah, so I hope you enjoyed the show. As always, the music for A Dash of Science is brought to you by Brad Sucks, which you can check out at bradsucks.net.